podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome, it is Face Off Fan Reaction, one of the, probably, we're probably in line for one of the most somber ones this week, aren't we? <laughs> it's not the best result, we're not feeling good, but let's see what we can get out of this pod, because, um, yeah, my United supporting boss has made my week just brilliant, it's just brilliant, tonight they play Sevilla, and we'll see what happens there, we can, we can hope for some revenge, but we've got to talk about our game, we've got to talk about it. So let's get into it. As always, I have got, almost always, I should say, I've got my boy Guy Drinkle with me. How are you, Guy? Uh, better after that result. It's kind of gone away now, but now I have to talk about it for probably like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they pull me back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got the pleasure, I don't have a United fan with me, so instead I've Going to bring you someone you actually want to listen to. <laughs> it's, a, it's a warm welcome to AI writer Sam Evans. How are you, Sam? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Kay. I think it's, it's, this is one where we didn't want a Man United fan on for, definitely. Um, I'm fully clothed in my uh, funeral gear, black tie and everything, <laughs> ready for this sombre event. <laughs> so let's see what we can get up to. Because, okay, guys, I mean, how did you react to the result? Uh, various levels of reaction, as as happens on um, on you know social media and WhatsApp groups, and indeed in real life as well. What was your reaction to the result? Because we had the entire spectrum from Klopp can't manage all the way through to it's not that big a deal. So how did you take it? I'll let you start first, Sam. Yeah, I, I think it's it's not that big a deal in the you know in the grand scheme of things. You know, you look at it, it's it's absolutely gutting to lose them again, and especially in the way that it's happened. But you know, you've got to look at things bigger picture here, mate. You know, it's 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 three points that we've lost. You know, but it's probably given us a really tough challenge to get back to second now. But you know, we're still in pole position for fourth uh, in the league, which is all that really matters to go straight into the group. So no biggie. And, you know, we're into the quarters in the Champions League. So, you know, take a step back. It is absolutely horrible to lose in that way again, you know. But I think we were quite unlucky at times. And, you know, once we've had our next win, this will be all forgotten about. Yeah, that's how I was looking at it. Guy, is that something similar to what you were feeling? Especially no. at, like a day after the result. No, no. <laughs> no, I, I was fuming. I was fuming. Um <laughs> There's losing, and then there's a way of losing, isn't it? I mean, if they went and just scored a magnificent goal, I'd still be annoyed because it's Man United, and well, it's just, it's just losing a game. Man United is just the extra salt um, to the situation, um, extra tears. But it's the fact, it's the way we lost, the two goals we conceded. It, it, we, we've seen that disaster so many times before from from a certain individual. I imagine we'll be talking about quite a lot in this podcast, but it, mm-hmm. it's just. It's like deja vu with a de- with deja vu. Deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that pun's been used so many times. It's got to have been, yeah. Uh, 
it, it just it's home. It, we've been on such a good run and just to piss it away in such a laughable manner, it's just really annoying. It's really annoying. But he wasn't he wasn't alone in in playing poorly. But I mean that that game should have probably ended up nil nil if we if we're being honest. Do you guys feel before the game? What kind of approach did you have to? I mean, these United Liverpool games for me are always. You know, they're always big, and, and, and it always sort of feels like anything can happen, no matter what the form is of the team, because there have been times when Liverpool have just been, you know, absolutely awful, <laughs> and still come away from a, a United game, you know, with a, with a draw or, you know, even a win at times, etc., especially at Old Trafford. So how did you approach it? Were you, you know, were you looking at the two? Because despite the fact that United are sort of two points ahead of us before the game, a couple of people were, well, I, I wouldn't say that. A lot of media were looking at this and, and, and sort of really hyping Liverpool up for, you know, the way we play and, and, and the form that we were in and sort of looking at us as maybe putting in pole position to finish second. How do you approach these games, Sam? Yeah, I, I was one where I was, I was cautiously optimistic on this one. You know, I think that... Everyone seems to think at this moment in time, Liverpool, I think it's due to the style of play and, you know, the amount of goals they've been scoring that they were going into this, even though it's at Old Trafford, a lot of people are fancying Liverpool to do the business. Um, I think perceptions can be a bit deceiving. You know, Man United's style of play is so horrific to watch that people <laughs> forget that mm-hmm. people forget that they, they do know how to win, though. And obviously, it's all about winning at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, Arsenal are nice and entertaining, but they can't, you know, can't get into the top six. You know what I mean? So mm. it, it's it's something where you've got to look at it in the bigger picture. I, I was optimistic going into the game, but I was expecting an absolute disgusting match to watch. And that's pretty much what we got. And, you know, we we might just have ended up nicking the game if we hadn't given away two really, really poor goals, really really early you know I can't, I can't think there's probably not a worse team in Europe to concede an early couple of goals to the Man United because they will sit back mm. Mourinho doesn't care it's Old Trafford he will put six defenders in place and then put another couple of holding midfielders in front of them and he, he will just wait for you to just you know run out of ideas and you know that's what happened at the end of the day yeah yeah you know I get you Guy were you the one who jinxed it were you, were you feeling very confident before the game Mm, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I think I was. I think I was feeling confident. I mean, it was. I think I got swept up on the probably the fan base more than the media because I don't tend to listen to the media because most of them chat a bit of wham. Um, but yeah, I think the fan base was kind of sweeping on me. You had our record against. Well, you had Lovren's record against Lukaku, thinking, oh, there won't be that much trouble. At worst, it'll be nil-nil. Um, so, yeah, I was coming into the game confident, but it, it is Manchester United games. I mean, there's always that nauseous, sicky feeling that you always get before a United game. I, mean, I think the worst one was probably the Europa League game back then, um, mm. where it was more important, kind of thing. It, it was horrendous. There's always, there's always nerves and stuff like that, but... Um, yeah, I think I think I was confident, unfortunately, but I don't think I'll be going. I think I'll go back to being my pessimistic self from now on. Okay, in these matches <laughs> against against Mourinho, I don't know what I was thinking. I, it's such a horrible. Match. This is 
This is the run-in to the final games of the season. Guy, you have to be serious about this stuff now, man. We need everybody on board. I don't know Shut what up. you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shitting myself against Watford. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to be the most superstitious fan group, though, because everyone's saying, you know, it's almost as if that if they thought we were going to lose, then we might have won. Like, that would yeah. make any yeah. impact on the game whatsoever. You know, people making sure they wear their lucky socks or if they're not wearing the kit to watch the game, that it's their fault that they've lost. You know? Mm. It is. We're all right. I didn't have my little top on. I, I feel disgraced. Oh, thanks. Thanks, guy. Nice I'm one. Such a <laughs> your fault. Your fault. Anyway. Well, how did you feel about the starting lineups before we, you know, before we get into it? I think the biggest, I think I'm correct in saying the biggest issues were sort of that Henderson was on the bench for us and Pogba wasn't playing for United. How did you feel about those? Were there any other big, uh, you know, issues that you saw with how, the managers approach the game with uh, with their lineups, a uh, guy. Um, before kickoff, um, uh, it, I was all right with it. I was all right with it. hindsight's a beautiful thing. Yeah, we, we should, this that should be the title of the podcast. Um, <laughs> hindsight's a beautiful thing. I mean, I was happy with Lovren. I, I think, as I said before, his, his record against Lukaku is surprisingly good. Um. I think the only question mark I had personally was Ox, um, because I thought the way Manchester United play, they'd obviously not give us any space and stuff like that, and I think Ox is probably the most dependent player on space in, in our squad, um, and I thought he'd be nullified, and he kind of was, but at the same time he was kind of a bit bad on the ball as well, so I think we, he had enough space, but he just didn't really do anything with it that he had. So Ox was probably my only question mark, but at the same time we had limited options. Ginny still still didn't look at his peak fitness after coming back from what Klopp called diary. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Ginny didn't look like <clears throat> he was fit and firing. Um Lallana he just he's looked like such a such a waste when he's came on in, in, in previous games so I don't think he was ever gonna start and if we started Henderson, Chan, Milner, maybe it'd probably be a bit boring. But maybe these are the games we need to be a bit boring for the first half and then go out in the second half. But yeah, may- maybe maybe Henderson for Ox, but it would have been a bit boring, as I said. But no, I was happy with the rest of it. Sam, from your perspective, I don't know the one that I was. I was sort of happy with the Liverpool lineup, more or less. Um, but I'm generally happy with the Liverpool lineup nowadays, more or less, whatever it is. But the thing that stuck out for me is, and a lot of people are talking about it, is Pogba not being in the United lineup. I wasn't sure what to make of that, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I don't know if it was a good or a bad thing. What were you expecting from that? Yeah, I was chatting on the um, preview pod the other day, and I was happy with Ox. I, I was saying I'd have picked Ox and Chan in midfield just because I thought Ox his extra pace and ability to carry the ball might help us because I was, I was expecting a really tight midfield from Man United. Um, so, you know, the only one where I was debating was between Milner and Henderson. Uh, with a bit of hindsight now, maybe having Henderson in the team would have helped Liverpool with the, the quicker passing and, you know, moving the ball a bit quicker because, you know, we did struggle with that at times. We, you know, we're carrying it a little bit too much and not releasing the front three quick enough. But, you know, I, I don't know whether Henderson would have made much of a difference, to be honest, because, you know, Man United were just so compact. Uh, as soon as I heard Pogba wasn't playing, I was actually gutted because 
I think he's been dreadful against Liverpool on a number of occasions. And it's mainly been because Liverpool, you know, can run rings around him. Defensively, he isn't the strongest. And, you know, we knew there was going to be a park bus coming our way. And he doesn't fit the mould for that for Man United. You know, he's a far more attacking player. So, you know, I wasn't worried about their attack this game. So I, I would have been happy for him to play because they were never going to have any intention to actually attack us on this game. You know, so it was always going to come down to the fine margins. And, you know, fair play, despite our errors, Rashford still had a lot to do with our first goal. And it was a hell of a finish. You know, second goal, mm. it, it was just... An absolute fluke, really. It deflected to him after it bounced off. Uh, I think it might have been Van Dyke, and then a deflection off Alexander Arnold's heel to go in. So, you know, I I, I think the the lineup isn't necessarily the problem here. It was just these fine margins on the day. Yeah, so I've got I've got in my ear comparisons of Rashford to Salah. I'm not kidding. This happened like oh, this happened yesterday, and they were like, they were basically like, did you see the first goal and how you know that flick he did? That's what you expect of Salah. And if Rashford is already doing that at this age, if he's already as good as Salah at this age, I'm like, oh, wow, God. I need to, I need some bleach, man. What well, um, well, but... well, he scored? He scored like five goals before this game, something like that. You know, it's... I think oh, he hadn't scored for ten or something like that. Yeah, the last you know, ten he's... games, he hadn't scored. He's a youngster, you know, he is, yeah. he's got loads of potential, but, you know, he, he hasn't scraped the surface yet. So, you know, we'll, we'll see yeah. in five, five and, years, I suppose. And don't do that. Don't, don't instantly compare him to, you know, one of the best players in the league this season. That's just, I, I don't, I, we do that in the, you know, within the English league so much. I don't know if it happens really with the other leagues, but like, there's so much pressure then put on that player that if they don't immediately and continuously hit those standards, then it's a problem. So and I agree. Just just let the kid be and just enjoy. Well, not this one, but enjoy the others. Yeah, if, they, if, if they want to put loads of pressure on Rashford and break his confidence, I'm okay about that. That's fine. <laughs> carry on. Well, let's let's talk about that because. Sam, as you, you know, as you were saying, I think everybody expected either one or two things. I think everybody certainly expected the park bus. The other thing that United do is in the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, they try and blitz the opposition. They try and, you know, oh, you're expecting a park bus. What we're going to do is try really hard to score against you and then do a park bus, no matter what the scoreline is, in about 10, 15 minutes. Instead, United sort of did neither. United sort of did this middling thing of neither really going for it or really defending. And I'm not sure if Liverpool really came to, to you know, really dealt with it very well they didn't come to terms with it what what was that i mean in your in your opinion is we're looking at united's tactics and how, how effective they were versus liverpool errors essentially for the for the two goals in the first half weighing those up or, or you know what's your opinion what was the bigger contribution there i, I just think man you had a plan which was to target lovren obviously so you know even if we'd have tried to put van dyke across to that side, you know, Lukaku would have moved the other side, you know, so Lukaku's going to win most headers against most defenders, no doubt about it. But the fact that he was on the same side then with Trent, I think that they just had a tactic. They were going to try and exploit that. And they just told, you know, Rashford or whoever then to just, just bomb on as soon as they've launched it to Lukaku. But, you know, a few goals can really change the perspective of things because, you know, Manu were 2-0 up. 
and everyone's talking as if they were smashing Liverpool. It was it was just two hoofs up the field. <laughs> you could have mm. easily seen Stoke with, with Peter Crouch scoring these goals. You know what I mean? It was it was just route one football. It wasn't they hadn't broken Liverpool down at all. It was just relying on Dejan Lovren doing what he does in big games, which is panic under pressure, and and severely commit himself when. You know, he's going up for headers and going into tackles. So, you know, if he doesn't win those headers and tackles, he's completely out of the game. You know, that, that first goal, the header by Lukaku is nearly on the centre circle, on the edge of the centre circle. It's that far up the field. And that, you know, I didn't see any urgency for us to just go gung-ho and trying to win it. You know, we, we should have been tactically trying to just sit back and, and win those second balls. But, for some reason, you know, Mourinho would have banked on this happening, to be fair, that mm. at some point, you know, you're going to get an error out of Dejan Lovren in these big games. You know, I'm just disappointed that the rest of the team didn't manage to, you know, to, to, to actually fix those errors and anticipate them, really, and, uh, you know, stop it. But, uh, yeah, so, I, I, you know, I don't think it was a fantastic performance by Manu attacking at all. I just do feel it was a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. But, you know, I, I don't think Lovren will be playing next season. So, fingers crossed, it's it's only going to remain a temporary problem. Mm, mm. No, I, I like things that you were saying there. I think, Guy, what you know, taking on from what Sam is saying, Larry, really, for both goals, Lovren is the fulcrum for me. <clears throat> if If Lovren doesn't approach these things in the way that he does and it turns out Lukaku is a very good player as long as he's not trying to score goals against top teams <laughs> it's just it's just the foil for Rashford and and then you have the inexperienced Chen Alexander-Arnold Sam's point there of the team doing something different you know, you know and th- that's quite important like what I'm not a coach but what would have happened if you you know is, is it viable to then swap Van Dijk and Lovren you know, even just for a short time after the goal, is that viable? I'm sure Mourinho had a plan for that. But then you don't have your two sort of weakest players on that side of the field. Could the you know when we I want to discuss the midfield separately to that. We can just discuss the uh, the defense here. But then the other aspect of this is Trent Alexander-Arnold, and you have a, a very young and quite attacking fullback on that side. It just you know again. It was exploiting Lovren's bad positional play and Trent Alexander-Arnold's inexperience and the space between those two players. Rashford could just run into that sort of all day and did for the first goal. How did you see it? You know, were there things that we could have done differently as soon as that first goal went in to say this is a very this is an obvious tactic that United are using? Can we plug this gap? Um, in terms of swapping the centre backs, I don't think I don't think it would have made much difference on the goals or it may have made a slight difference but I think Lukaku ultimately would have just went with Lovren um, I think the only difference they would have made is that Van Dijk would have been supporting Trent um, which is like the biggest of upgrades in terms of having someone supporting you <laughs> um, but at the same time we saw the uh, the matter chance where he tried to overhead kick it that that just that just comes from being stupid that's a collect that's a massive collective error I mean Van Dijk and Robertson were mostly fine, but I think on, on that one, um, they weren't the main problem. I mean, Chan and Lovren just kind of went for a runabout 
<laughs> keeping everyone on side. It was a bit stupid. I don't know. I thought I thought Van Dijk also made a mistake there. Yeah, he just walked away from the play as well. It was yeah, a bit. I think he, I think he like, I thought it, it was just a just a terrible thing. I mean, we were just lucky he didn't score yeah. from that. Essentially, I, I think Van Dijk was expecting people to step up with him, but he, I, I don't think he's learned how bad his partner is. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, that sounds incredibly harsh, but I can't be bothered anymore. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's that much we could have done tactically to swap it. I mean, Lovren. I don't think it does. I don't think it matters if it's a left centre back or a right centre back. His his head was just wedged in that game. Um, I think the first goal you see it. There's such indecision there. He could have either just went and just jumped over Lukaku and headed the ball, or he could have dropped off and kept the line and just proper to- proper Tony Pulisic and just keep the back four. Um, but instead he kind of went for it, came back, then went back for it, and then. He just left loads of space, and then Rashford's one on one with our nineteen-year-old fullback who was a midfielder a couple of years ago. So yeah, I think the first goal, especially, you got to blame Lovren over Trent. I mean, Trent what Trent didn't um, cover himself in glory there, but he's he's a nineteen-year-old kid. Yeah, and you, you expect the centre back to take probably more responsibility in that situation. Um, Trent should have obviously done better, but he's going to learn from that. I mean, Lovren's 28, 29, and he's, he's not going to learn from that. And in fact, he's probably going to get worse from now on. Um, and and the second goal, it, I, I think he actually technically wins the header, but Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. I think it more just hit him in the face more than anything, because he just got absolutely dominated on that. And... Uh, yeah, I think Van Dijk actually did his covering quite well, and I think it hits Trent, and then it falls to Rashford, and then it obviously hits Trent again, and kind of stops Carrier saving it. So I think the second goal was look, uh, lucky on their part, but again, Lovren weak defending rather than poor defending. He just got absolutely dominated that one. The first goal is just horrendous defending. I mean, the second goal is just weak defending, and we can't have we can't have either in our team. Um, we've seen the we've seen the. The change, uh, the difference that Van Dyke's made since playing um, left centre back. We we need that or right centre back. We need someone dominant. We need someone with his head screwed on. We just can't have someone who defends as an individual and worries about what the team's going to do. Because that's what I believe Lovren's doing. He's he's just trying to he's trying to keep it simple and just do his job. But he doesn't take note of what other people are doing. Yeah, he had been. He had been aerially dominant, you know, in in the previous games. It's just, I don't think anybody has drawn him out of attack so much, and that created such a huge space behind him, you know. And that's, you know, just that they were both on that same side, like really bothers me. But I mean, the other side of this, guys, is the midfield role. Could they have helped in the defense? You know, should Lovren have been better protected at that? You know. Chan, whoever was in the number six position, should they not have been a bit deeper to be able to, um, you know, maybe help Lovren challenge or be able to, you know, direct things uh, or maybe just make Lukaku think different things? Was our midfield too advanced? Um, for me, um, personally, I think the first, well, I think you have to go on history and, and look that Lovren has pocketed um, Lukaku before. I mean, he had a big mistake in the Anfield game, but after that he was he had him in his pocket. So, I think you have to look historically and see what Lovren's done against Lukaku before. He's never been dominated by him like that before. Um, so, I think you have to trust your centre-back first. But after the first error, um, 
maybe drop maybe drop um, Chan back and just kind of go two v one on him. But as I said before, the the first error is probably a decision making error rather than a physical error. But mm-hmm. and then the second goal happens and the second header error happens and it's just absolutely dominated. So perhaps if the perhaps if the second goal happened first, it may have caused Chan to or Klopp to move Chan closer to him. But I think. Maybe he saw the first goal as a, a as a decision making error rather than a a physical weakness. So that that might be it. That's the only thing I can think of really. Yeah, Sam. From your perspective, I mean, there's a th- thing is I'm I'm a big Emre Can fan, and I would like him to play in the six. But at times he's shown that defensively he's he's you know either I, I don't know why, but but there are times when he's not as def- defensively sound as we would like. And I know we were playing a very different game from United, but you know I looked at how Matic was going over to help Young against Salah, and then still coming into the middle to sort of dominate play there on occasion. Not not dominate play, more dominate the space, make sure Liverpool don't advance through the centre, and that sort of decision making from a specialist number six. We still, an occasion, seem to be lacking it. But I mean, the, you know, do we need that? It, or is this is that just more reaction to this particular game than what Liverpool actually need in their midfield? Well, from from the two goals, they were both goal kicks. So every de- decision with regards to positioning should have been pre-planned. So mm. you know, I've heard mm. a few people say, uh, you know, we should have maybe had Chan on Lukaku's toes. Which I agree with. Um, you know, we used to do that really low level football. That was one of the basics. When you had a big guy there, you got one guy on his toes and one guy behind him. So he's got, you know, whichever way the ball goes, mm. he's got nowhere to go then. Um, you know, this was obviously going to be a tactic. So I was a bit disappointed that, you know, we hadn't thought of doing that in, in the first instance. Cause when he's, where he's heading it from, he's, he's near the halfway line. So there's no real massive danger. Just, just you know, put a guy in front of him and put a guy behind him, and then follow up with the second balls. But so for that, I think it was a bit naive, and you know, it's really, really disappointing that we couldn't have done a better job of it. And you know, regards to Lovren, after he made the first mistake, he did what Lovren so often does, and then he tries to make up for it, and and is ten times worse because then he is gung-ho and trying to be Superman and, and going in flat out and the second goal as you can see he just flies in completely loses his balance falls on his ass and then <laughs> even worse than the first one he's not even stood there anymore so mm. Lukaku can just waltz through the centre of the park from another long ball so um, yeah it's it's just it's a temperament thing he, he can look really good against the lower team sometimes because he, he tries to bully them because he's very, he's a front foot defender a lot more so than Matip. But being a front foot defender can often lead to a heck of a lot more mistakes because you are going in 110%. And sometimes you need to hold a bit back because if you do make an error with your timing, which he does so often, you are completely out of the game and you've just got someone running through the centre of the park at you and, you know, we've ended up losing the game because of it. Mm. I'll keep it with you, Sam, because one of the issues that I think have come out of this, and if, if we look particularly at midfield and the lack of sort of real intelligence across the, you know, the entirety of the midfield and the ability to change games within, a, you know, within the game without 
specific instruction from Klopp, for example, is is something that I was saying on um, on the Nina Kauser show was a little bit worrying. Liverpool's ability to change the game the game plan or to recover from bad starts just seems it just seems lacking a bit. You know, in the in the context of this game, we didn't seem to come to terms with with uh, Mourinho's tactics first half. The second half, we sort of we did the best, you know, right after the restart, and then. And what I thought is, you know, we slowly, slowly got worse throughout the, throughout the half. Is that is that a manifestation of a bad midfield, or is just you know, so it seems to be the intelligence in our play is sort of concentrated in our attacking. Is is there a lack of intelligence across the sort of entirety of the team? I think it's a bit harsh to to say, you know, it it means the midfield isn't good enough for this type of game because Mourinho knows how to set up a defence and a whole team to defend. So, you know, you need to be a pretty special player or to pull something out of the bag that's pretty skillful or, you know, imaginative sometimes to actually be able to break it down because, you know, we were a bit predictable with the way we played. You know, I think this is one of the games where we would have killed to have Coutinho on the pitch because he's the kind of guy that would be able to beat a couple of men and then pull, you know, a trick or something out of the bag to, to... actually break down the defence, you know, or maybe now mm. next season we're going to have Keita and the team, he, you know, we'd have killed for him today because he's the kind of guy that would have carried the ball through the midfield and actually beaten a couple of men and then all of a sudden we might have been able to create some sort of overloads. But, you know, I, I thought our midfield did okay and, you know, we, we weren't that bad. It's not like they dominated Liverpool in midfield at all. It's just they sat there with eight men behind the ball. So um, Mm. in those instances, you've got to be a bit more creative. You know, the one bit of creativity we had on that game was when Mane, we've been crying out for Mane to do what he was doing last season and and beat the man on the outside and and get the ball in. And the one time he did that, which was absolutely fantastic, Bailly made the mistake and scored the own goal. So, you know, we needed a bit more of that, maybe a bit more aggression, not being scared to lose the ball and, and, and trying to take on a few men because without that, it was so, so easy to defend. Yeah, Guy, pick up on that, both on do we need a creative person in the side and you know, was our attack just you know a little bit lacking yesterday uh, in general? Just not be you know we weren't really able to stretch our legs to get behind the defense very much. As Sam says, the one time we did, uh, we caused by to to do a thing. Um, is that is is that a problem for us? Do you think is is again is it just a reaction from this game or looking out further? Do you think it might be a bigger problem going forward? I. D- <sighs> I don't think you're going to get many games like this. You know, it's. I think most teams in the world would have struggled to break down some, you know, a team that's that's neg that's that negative and well drilled. So you're never going to get loads of chances. You know, the expected goals are always going to be probably less than one in this type of game. So, you know, mm. it, it's 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 asking a lot to say, uh, you know, we should have been creating loads of chances. It, it's never going to happen when when they're set up like that. So, you know, we we do need a bit more creativity in midfield now um, and we do need a better bench I think that was one of the biggest things that we struggled mm-hmm. with was the mm-hmm. was the bench I looked at it and I at, at the start of the game and my heart sunk because the most creative players we had were Lalana who's you know been long-term injured and out of form for a long time 
and Henderson. So and and a youngster in Solanke who's never scored. So um, I just think a couple of signings in the summer and we might be okay. Would you agree with that, Guy? Um, <clears throat> I think we I think we kind of do need a bit more creativity in the side, but I think we've seen it against the worst teams who are low-blocking against us. I don't think we have a problem there. I mean, it's mm. just the fact that Man United, it's like £250 million spent to make a team be able to do this. It's like different levels. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think I think we had... I think we had lots of opportunities to punish Man United, but obviously they had a lot of good last-ditch defending. I think Baye played well other than his own goal and his uh, his his Cruyff turn, which ended up getting tackled and stuff like that, which people trying to take the piss out of. Um, but no, I, I think we do need a bit more creativity in, in, in midfield, or, or we need Ox to play a bit better. Um, obviously, he's still... A bit inconsistent at the time. I mean, he, he has improved from his Arsenal days, which wasn't hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think we need a bit more consistency from Ox, and we need him, we need him used to playing against teams like these. Um, I think Mane had a stinker, which didn't help. I, mean, I know he set up the own goal, but he, every every touch when he came in field, it was just sloppy. It was just bad. Um, I think. Firmino tried to do... I think he played all right, but was, there was only so much he could do because Salah obviously had Ashley Young playing very well, but he also had like three other players around him. Mm. And Salah was pretty much marked out the game, and I think if Ox and Mane played better, that could have been a completely different game. But um, from this specific game, I think the prob- I think one of the problems was the fullbacks. I'm not saying like I'm not saying they were the wrong fullbacks to play. I mean, people are going to be oh, you're going to say play Moreno and stuff like that. But I think <laughs> in the first half, I think in the first half we kind of limited the fullbacks going forward because I think we wanted to try and keep it tight and stuff like that. And I think that was probably a big factor in why the first half was so dire is that the fullback kind of didn't go forward so all the play was kind of scrambled in the middle and that that pretty much suited them both defensively and attacking because they could just go long whereas we can't do that and then in the second half um i think you saw the robertson chance where he kind of got up behind and then it was a last ditch tackle and stuff like that i think we just needed to see more of that we needed more width in the play and i think that's probably the the biggest um difference between good attacking teams like us well we're a great attacking team and then you see the the different level that is Man City they can control everything they, they've they got whip they've got player inside they've got dangerous players all over whereas I think we we play very narrow at times and I think that suits Salah and Mane but at the same time we need to get beyond teams like Manchester United I mean imagine if we came up against Atletico Madrid for God's sake <laughs> um, hmm. it'd be terrifying but yeah I think we need to get more width into our play whether that's unleashing Robertson a bit more and then I don't know bringing Gomez back in so we can kind of keep a free at the back all the time um, it's it's just weird I think we need to get more width in our play whether that's either swap the wingers unleash the fullbacks I don't know, get a, get a midfielder who's a bit more comfortable going wide. I mean, Ox probably fits that bill. I mean, he can he can play wide right at times. So maybe going to a four four two in these games or something like that because Matic and McTominay were never going to dominate Chan and one other. So maybe we just got to play with the system and get more width into our play. I think that was probably the big problem, especially in the first half. All right, I think we we sort of have to talk about it. I don't. I, 
I don't know if it was the major contributing factor. I uh, it was a factor, but I sort of felt that our lack of ability to play against Man United tactics, and obviously our errors caused the downfall. But we just we have to touch on this ref because it was kind of special. Um, Sam, there seems to be just general agreement that he just had an absolute stinker. Yeah, there was some really bizarre bizarre decisions in this game. There was that one. Emre Chan tackle where it was absolutely perfect just tackled the ball lovely and then it's, it's just follow follow through just went into a player and and the ref gave a foul against Chan somehow and I, I just I thought oh here we go it's, it's going to be one of those games where anything in, not just the 50-50s going their way if it's 60-40 in Liverpool's favour it's still going their way you know it, it was just little tiny things there that were just killing our momentum all of the time, you know, you you got to give full credit to Manu for that. They were, you know, stopping play whenever they possibly could, going down injured. You know, when Liverpool did get their goal within seconds, Bailly's down for five minutes or whatever it was, just killed any sort of momentum that Liverpool get. And you know, they mm. knew that Liverpool's game, especially the you know this season now. It's all about building momentum, building momentum until the uh, the opposition just collapse, and then they just can't hold us out anymore, and, and then just a glut of goals appears, you know, a bit like the Man City game, and they did not allow Liverpool to get any sort of momentum. So, you know, but despite all of that, yes, you know, the referee could have easily come out of this game with at least two penalties. Um, you know, th- there's there's loads of decisions in the game where it just absolutely baffled me where. You know, Man United were doing their best to just stop any sort of flow going. So, you know, you can blame the referee and yes, probably should have had at least one penalty. But I think what won the game for them mostly is just their, their little sneaky fouls. Even that chance for uh, Van Dijk when he had a header from about five yards out. I wouldn't say it was a foul because it was just a little nudge on the shoulder by... Uh, uh, Matic, but that was enough to make Van Dijk miss that chance, and then they go down the other end and score. So I, I just think I wouldn't blame just the ref. I think this team is a bit naive at times, and you know they just need to learn some of these little sneaky things that teams do in order to you know to come out the other end and be a winner. I just think we're a bit too nice at times. Yeah, that's something we've discussed at length on this pod, guy. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, I fully agree. I mean, the Liverpool team is is very nice. Uh, you see, Ginny's known for his smiley face and stuff <laughs> like that. I know Ginny wasn't playing, but we, we are known as a nice team. I mean, I mean, Henderson gets a little bit of a hard man act, but it's just you just see them. There's not there's no bastardry in there. I think Chan does it a couple times or a few times, but it's not enough. I mean, Van Dijk. Seems kind of quite calm and collected, but I imagine he could shout at someone very loudly. But yeah, it's not something we need. Not something we have. We need a bit of bastardry. We need a bit of Mourinho-esque bastardry in in the Liverpool team. Um, we need South Americans, don't we? That's that's the. One. We need yeah. We need Mascherano. Oh, yeah. Nabi is apparently a bit of a. Yeah, he, he, loved, he loves a bit of bastardry. But yeah, the, in general, the ref was fucking awful. There's no, there's, there's no way, no way else to put it. He was awful, and uh, 
I think I think his name's Craig Parson. I mean, we've we've, yeah. we've had dealings with him before in the Everton game with the Calvert Lewin penalty, which everyone, all the experts said it was a Stonewall penalty, and then <laughs> the exact same incident two weeks later. Oh no, that would have been soft. It's like what? Um, but I don't. I, people seem to think it's some agenda against Liverpool. It, I don't think it is. There's just the standard of refereeing in this country is just horrendous. I like. I'm only 23, but I've never seen it this worse. I mean, imagine the people who were a bit older have never seen it worse either. I mean, we used to think that Howard Webb was biased and crap. I mean, he'd look like bloody Pele next to a Sunday league footballer <laughs> if we go <laughs> that way. It's it's just different. It's just absolutely different class. It's, it, nowadays, it's horrendous. I mean, even Clattenburg, and he wasn't that great. He'd, he'd look like Messi compared to these lot. It's, it's, it's just terrible at the minute. It really is. I don't know who you can look around to say that is, you know, that there was always like the best one, two, mm, or even yeah. three referees. I just, I, there's nobody there that you <laughs> that you'd pick. You just say, oh yeah, that that would be fine. I'll have, I'll have that guy for this uh, for this game. You know, it's a really big game and stuff like that. It's just and. It was so bad. Again, we were discussing it in case some of the some of the decisions you wouldn't even, you know, um, VAR wouldn't even be able to correct those decisions. They they're so bad. You know, it's it's almost almost like a personality thing. I'm just not going to give that. I saw you handball it in the box, and I decided not to give it. So, what is VAR going to do? You confirm that the person handballed it? Yes, but. You still can't do anything about it, you know. It's it's about that interpretation, and that seems to be quite lacking in the in, in the game amongst the Spanish refs, to be honest. But still, I would still maintain for all the people. I mean, I, it's just the way the way we lost as well. I just I feel the ref de- definitely takes a second uh, a second place finish relative to that. I, I was just I was very disappointed at the way we couldn't change the game, at the way we sort of. We're impatient, but never changed what we did. We just kept on doing the same things over and over again. And I think it's correct in saying we didn't have one shot on target in the second half. That's ridiculous, you know. That's and that's the half we played better on, you know, if that statistic is true. So that was very, very disappointing for me. At the same time, though, I sort of feel like this game is a one-off. It felt a bit like a one-off, and so I I was disappointed, but I wasn't. It didn't break me as usual. Is that something you guys would agree with? It it was for me. I mean, I don't think we've played that badly, especially from an attacking point of view. Since well, even the Swansea game, we still should have scored in that game. But in this game, there was literally nothing. <laughs> I've not seen that in a while. There's just the fact mm. that there was literally nothing. I mean. De Gea didn't have to make a shot that was uh, didn't have to make a save that wasn't off by for God's sake. <laughs> um, mm. It's mm. no, it was just pretty damn terrible. I mean, even when we tend to lose, we tend to get like we tend to get annoyed that we've created chances and missed them. But this time it was just nothing. I mean, sloppy was the way I pr- uh, described it earlier, and I think that's the way it was. It as soon as it got to the attacking esque players, it just, it just died. That, mm. It was probably one of the worst games that we've seen from the. What are we are we calling them the Fab Three now? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was probably one of the worst ones of them collectively. As, as I said earlier, I think Firmino was okay, but there's only so much you can do when Salah's been marked out the game and Mane's having a mare. So, 
Um, yeah, I think it was a sloppy from them three and Ox, especially. And then, then I know Sam brought up the uh, point of the bench earlier, but bringing on Lallana kind of just made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For you, Sam, once-off or something deeper? No, I think it's very much a one-off. You know, I think we've got plenty of evidence this season, especially you know the second half of this season so far, where you know th- this is not something that we're regularly having a problem with. You know, where uh, to say Liverpool are struggling to create chances would be mad in generally, in general, because mm. they're creating bucket loads of chances. It's just this. You know, we're, we're playing against an absolute master of making a game boring and and stopping any chances and keeping it down to that that's all Mourinho does is is keeping it down to man united will make no mistakes because he will set it up where they've got so much protection that even if someone does make a mistake you know usually it, it's going to be mopped up by someone else you know it took a a freak incident with Bailly for him to actually make a mistake where he just flicked off his ankle and went in um so you know it, it's always down to then the opposition and they're just waiting for us to make a mistake. He's going into these games planning for a nil-nil and then hopefully the other team won't be as well set up defensively as them and then they'll get a bit of luck. And that that's all it is. So I'm not worried, you know, long term. I think if I had to support a team going forward, um, you know, I'd much prefer to support this team. I think it's it's going places and I, I you know, I don't think Many Manu fans would be happy if this continues in the long term. You know, at the moment they're still looking back and thinking, "Well, we had Moyes the other day, so uh, you know, this is just another building block to them eventually getting back to their flowing best." So, you know, f- at the moment they just want to get the results on the board, and eventually they will be expecting a lot more from Manu. So, you know, long term, I don't think that's going to cut it uh, as a Man United manager. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, long term, I'm not worried about this Liverpool team at all. Uh, you know, recent times, they've been a lot better with dealing with these nightmare scenarios. You know, in the league, after losing to Swansea, we've gone on a bit of a run until today. So, fingers crossed now, with the fixtures remaining, Liverpool can go unbeaten for the rest of the season. Uh, but, you know, it needs to start with a win against Watford. Yeah, so look forward to the game against Watford. Do you think... As a sort of follow-on to this question, Sam, do you think Watford are going to look at this and say that we can do this low block, or do you think they're going to be cognizant of the fact that Liverpool have actually been really, really good against the low block, whereas, you know, um, when it hasn't been Man United? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know, if they look at the evidence recently, Liverpool have dealt with this really, really well this season. You know, since the introduction of Salah, I just think he's that one extra element, which means that they can't, just stop it all, you know. If, if they manage to stop one side, the other side uh, does it. So you know, and it's at Anfield as well, where you know Liverpool have been excellent this season and actually breaking down these teams. So you know, I don't think Watford can do that, you know. So they're gonna have to think of something else, maybe. So you know, I'm I'm confident going into the game. You know, a li- little bit of nerves just just because I know it's it's really important now to bounce back quickly. I think if they do win the next game. You know, I'm confident then that they will go on a little bit of a run and hopefully build up a gap in front of Chelsea again. And, and you know, I think they're playing Chelsea last but one game of the season. We could really do with top four being secured before then because 
I'm really hoping that Liverpool might be involved in the latter stage, stages of the Champions League at that point, and we could do without the pressure of you know potentially dropping out of the top four in the league at the same time. Mm. Mm. Guy, your expectations for the Watford game? Um, I'm expecting a, a, a absolute horrible bastard game. Um, <laughs> I mean, you look. You look I see at you've Watford. learned. You've learned from your jinxing, and this I is know. good. This is good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this. Expecting us to lose eight now. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, Watford. I think they only play one way. It's like pragmatic, big, horrible bastards. I mean, Troy Deeney, Jesus. I mean, they've got a player called Stefano Okaka who's basically built like a goddamn fridge. Um, it's it's just full of physical, horrible bastards. Um, so I'm expecting more direct play. So hopefully, if Lovren starts, he more up to it. Or, or if not, Matip, who has kind of similar issues. But hopefully Van Dijk just absolutely smashes it 15 out of 10 and just goes through everybody and anything. That's what I'm hoping for. But hopefully our attack has more space than it did um, against United because obviously Watford aren't as good as Manchester United defensively, so we should we should get back to scoring goals hopefully. And you've jinxed it, nice. Okay. There's definitely a nil <laughs> coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was missing. Thank you guys so much. It is a somber occasion to be reviewing the game against United, especially when we lose, but you guys have got us through it excellently. I'm going to let you guys do some of your plugs and whatever, you know, you've got writing or pods coming up. Uh, Sam, anything on the horizon for you or anything you've got out at the moment? Uh, yeah, I'm back writing every week at the moment now, so if you want to check out any of my stuff, I'm at Sambo Evans on Twitter and I'll give you a follow back if you ask nicely. <laughs> nice. And for you guys, um, it's actually a quiet week for me, Kev. I don't think I've got, I don't think I've got a pod scheduled, really. Um, so just follow my Twitter at Guy Drinkle. Obviously, be tagged with the show. Um, just follow me there. I mainly chat shit and post doggo memes. You're welcome. I was wondering, I was wondering why we got to book you on this on this uh, pod. Usually, you're so hard to get hold of. So good for us, you know. Good for us. We. <laughs> Uh, from my side, I was on the Nina Kauza show uh, with the wonderful Andy Wales and Nina, and Andy just absolutely killed it. And uh, I provided some Sherwood like analysis for that part, so do check it out. But also, it would be absolutely remiss of me. Do go check out, uh, if I didn't mention, it would be remiss if I didn't mention Hamza Khalik's article on the tactical review of the United game because a lot of the talking points that I got on this pod were directly from there. So it is a really good article. Do go give that a look out. We will see you again for the post-match Watford game, hopefully with a bit of a happier mood from that one. Up there is until then, and we will see you again for that. Until then, bye-bye. Let's get ready to rumble! Sports Social Podcast Network.